Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Montana's only daily sports talk show, Nuanez Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I like football! Yo, yo, yo. What's up, everybody? Welcome in. New is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. I'm Coulter Nuanas. We are coming to you from the ESPN studio here at the Missoula Broadcasting Company. Hope you're having a great start to your week. We're happy to be here with you. Uh, another short week this week on my end, but we'll have a full slate of shows for you, so no worries. I won't actually be in studio if you're one of our SWX listeners, or, or I guess viewers, as it were. Or if you're watching on the ESPN MT app. Uh, but we'll have a full slate of guests for you all week long, including on Friday. So that's uh, coming up. Ton of stuff to get to today. I was just scrolling, as we are all prone to do, right before I got on the air. And uh, it, it's funny. The, the, the Grizz football team has so many guys that are from Montana. There's a lot of guys that are from Montana that are very Montana in some ways and, and very much not in other ways. Like I, I consider myself an example of that. Like I, I love the winter and the variable seasons. I love the people in Montana. I love the vibrant culture. I love many of the outdoors things, but I'm not much of a hunter. So much of that's because I've dedicated so much of my professional life to covering college football. And uh, I don't know if you heard, but they play that on Saturdays. So I don't really get a lot of time in the fall to do much other than just cover college football. But uh, with the Grizz having a buy this last week, a ton of guys went out hunting, and this actually just uh, impresses me so much. I mean, you could talk about, oh, you're an all-conference football player. Yeah, 10 tackles against the Cats or whatever it might be. That's all really impressive. That's all super cool and, and worth noting or whatever. If you track an elk down and, and you, you back that thing out at 5, 10, 15 miles, 
that is a act of studly athleticism. Let me tell you what. So I've gotten great pleasure and been very impressed by all the pictures that a lot of these Grizz guys have been posting over the last couple days. It looked like they got a couple days off for Thanksgiving, which I think could really help uh, reset you. And I think that's going to be true for both Montana and Montana State coming into the first round of this FCS playoffs. That all is to say that I just saw a picture of Kellen Dietrich and El killed. He's the backup defensive tackle there behind Alex Gubner. But he's from Haver, which then in a roundabout way made me grab my Montana Greats book, which is uh, Jeff Welsh's awesome um, 264 installment deal from Absorki to Zurich, the greatest athletes from 264 Montana communities. Kellen Dietrich is from Haver, so I opened it up, and uh, I hadn't been sure of, of who was going to be Haver, but then I realized, oh, of course it is. It's my guy, friend of the show, recent University of Montana Hall of Fame inductee, Mark Mariani. A lot of these that we cite in this book are people that are unknown, so I like to just read the whole thing because I think it's fun to, to educate. But you already know the tale of the tape on Mariani. I mean, he's the all-time leader in touchdowns in Grizz history, one of the great receivers and kick returners that not only the, the Montana football program has seen, but the Big Sky Conference has seen. A guy who was a pro bowler for the Tennessee Titans and uh, played... Uh, you know, had a, a nine-year career in the National Football League and uh, now moonlighting as a, a talk radio guy there in Nashville while he also sells a little real estate. So uh, shout-out Mark Mariani, shout-out to the High Line, and uh, shout-out to giving everybody a Thanksgiving weekend off this last weekend. Thanks, Grizz. Thanks, Bobcats. It was nice to not have to cover either playoff games or a coaching search this last weekend. Instead, just got to do a little R&R and uh, hang out with the family, and uh, that was all good. So hopefully you had a great Thanksgiving weekend, and now we are rolling back now that it's into the postseason of uh, FCS football and soon to be the postseason across all of college football as well. Time to get to today. We'll keep on catching up on some of the high school stuff that we missed. We'll go over all, and I mean all, of the state champions from the wide world of high school sports for the fall season. Just rattle through so we can uh, at least give a little little kudos to all of the different state champions from across the uh, the sporting world at the prep level here in Montana. One of the, the young men that had the best state championship weekends a couple weekends ago, he'll join us as a guest, Kellen Harrison. He's, the, uh, he's our reigning vertical raise uh, class AA player of the week this week. He also happened to be the uh, senior quarterback and senior point guard for the Bozeman High, uh, High Hawks team. And uh, if they gave out an MVP honor for the state championship game for Class AA, it would have been him. He had five total touchdowns. He threw four and, and ran in another. And he leads Bozeman to a 35-27 win over Kalispell Glacier. So Kellen Harrison will join us a little later on. I also watched Lady Grizz score 108 points last night. That's the most ever... <laughs> it was funny. Um, long story short, uh, Nate Harris, who's the associate head coach there for the Lady Grizz, uh, Brian Holsinger's head assistant, he and I have known each other forever, and he's actually married to one of my like childhood-slash-high-school best friends. And so I was standing there watching the game with Kyle Hansen from MTN, and uh, we were you know looking up some records, and then Kyle identified that the, the all-time program record for single points was 105 and then all of a sudden, Nate's little daughter's tapping me on the back, and she's like, hey, what's the record for points? Sure enough, uh, as she was asking me, the Lady Grizz had 104 at that point. They scored four more. So an all-time record for the Lady Grizz last night, 108 points in a 108-57 to win over Dickinson State. But what does it all mean? <laughs> because it's against an NAIA school. I mean, yes, the Lady Grizz looked great last night. They scored 108 points in a 40-minute college basketball game. 
But what does it actually mean when it comes to uh, who it was against and where we have this Lady Grizz team? So we'll talk a little bit about that today. Justin Angle, business angle, swinging by. Uh, one of the main things I want to talk to him about is endowments at universities because I was looking at Delaware. University of Delaware makes their way to Montana to play in Missoula on Saturday. And Delaware has a university-wide endowment of $1.8 billion. That's not a typo. And that's also about seven times the endowment at the University of Montana. How did that happen? What does an endowment actually mean? Justin Engel is a professor down at the university, so we'll hash some of that stuff out. We also got, of course, some NIL stuff to talk about. Of course, some conference realignment stuff to talk about. And, of course, some coaching salary stuff to, to talk about. Uh, the business angle, the overlay between business and sports. And then we'll keep on giving you previews of both North Dakota State, who comes to Bozeman, and Delaware, who comes to Missoula uh, this upcoming weekend. And uh, we'll also expect to hear from Ryder Meyer, an outstanding safety from Fairfield, Montana, one of the breakout players on the Grizz defense uh, this football season. Uh, he'll be our Grizz star of the week, so that'll happen about, I don't know, sometime between 5.30 and, and 5.45, whenever the Grizz wrap up practice down there at Washington Grizzly Stadium. So there you go. That's your show outlook. We also, as the boys in the back were saying, we got the Tommy DeVitos back. We got the Tagliari gift cards back. Um, I was just so slammed. I wasn't able to swing down there and get them, but I did now. So now we have uh, free $25 gift cards for you to Tagliari Deli every Tuesday, including this Tuesday. So keep this number in mind. You can call this or text it anytime you want to be a part of the show, but you're not only going to get prizes when I tell you. 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. And to remember that for Tag Tuesday coming up. And also, you can always text that number if you want to be a part of the conversation any and every time. Uh, throughout the show. You want to stream the show? You always can. 1029ESPN.com. Just click on Listen Live and you'll find the stream. And uh, you can also always use the ESPN MT app or listen on your radio dial, 102.9 ESPN Radio, or you can always uh, get us on SWX Montana Television uh, as well. Before we get into our prep extra and go through all the high school sports champions, a couple more thoughts from the college football world. First of all, breaking news this afternoon and I don't know why this surprised me, but it definitely surprised me because Dan Hawkins signed a contract extension at UC Davis, uh, I think two years ago, but it was a five-year extension. And Hawkins has had the Aggies rolling along pretty good. I mean, we should be talking about UC Davis being in the playoffs four out of the last five years. Instead, they have made the playoffs twice under Hawkins' guidance. This last season was his seventh season at the helm there at his alma mater. But they didn't make the playoffs each of the last two years. And uh, Andrew Houghton and I both agree that was an egregious snub. But today, the breaking news out of Davis, California, is that Dan Hawkins is stepping away. He's resigning. He did not use the word retire, but I, I do not expect him to necessarily go pursue a different job, uh, at least in the world of coaching. I wouldn't be surprised if he did something else completely. Like if he just ended up as a professor at UC Davis or something, that wouldn't surprise me at all. Coach Hawkins, a totally unique guy. Every time you talk to him, you leave – you leave the conversation sort of interested, fascinated, dumbfounded, and entertained all at the same time. He's just a he's a one of a kind guy. It's been fun to we haven't got to know him that well because Davis hasn't had that much crossover with the Montana schools, but we do see him every summer at the Big Sky kickoff, and you know comes on a couple times a year here. But he's he's uh, no longer the head coach at UC Davis, and uh, certain reports from internally are that they already have their next guy lined up, and it's going to be Tim Plow. Tim Plow, a guy that uh, I've 
worked with quite a bit in my career. He was the offensive coordinator at Northern Arizona when uh, Case Cookus was the quarterback there. When Case Cookus was sort of taking the the uh, Big Sky Conference by storm as the 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 first the inaugural Jerry Rice Award winner as the the top freshman in, in the country. And then Tim Plow went on to uh, be the offensive coordinator at UC Davis, and he was the coordinator there when the, the Aggies won their first and only Big Sky Conference title. And then Coach Plow parlayed that job into a, an offensive coordinator position at Boise State, where then that kind of fizzled out. I, uh, I would actually argue on his behalf that he got scapegoated there a little bit because there's been so much tumult there at Boise. Anyways, projected at least being reported that Tim Plow is the next head coach at UC Davis. I think that's... Uh, I think I think that's a, a good hire. I think it's a great hire, actually. And, I, and if, in fact, it becomes official, I do look forward to working with uh, Coach Plow uh, again. But I was just a little bit surprised. I don't know. Andrew, what did you think? Were you surprised by uh, Dan Hawkins stepping away sort of abruptly like this? Or what did you, What was your take on the, the, the change at UC Davis? Well, I was surprised, definitely, because, um, you know, never had any indication of this was something that he was thinking about. Um, but, you know, starts to kind of make sense when you also start hearing reports about they might have the successor lined up already because then you start thinking, well, okay, this is something that he's been thinking about for That's a right. while. This is something that he's been talking about the with the athletic department about. They've had backup plans in place, et cetera, et cetera. Sort of a very... Uh, like UC Davis kind of succession plan, oh, right? That, that's right? Oh, that's right. I mean, no that's drama, that's, no coaching search. It's so funny. That's the other thing, though, is that you know people always give Michigan a hard time because they're always talking about, oh, we got to be a Michigan man to coach at Michigan. You got to be a Michigan man. Only only guys from around here know about Michigan. Well, Davis is like that. They're just not so self righteous about it. But they're always talking about the Davis lineage and the coaching tree. And I mean, that's the thing is you look at the the Jim Sochar coaching tree. And it's as wide, uh, it has a wide of array as, as as any coaching tree. I mean, Dan Hawkins is a part of it as a UC Davis alum. Chris Peterson, a part of it. But Plow's been there, right? So uh, I, I don't know. I just think, I think that that's, it, it, it seems that there wasn't a lot externally about this, Andrew. But I, I agree with you. The fact that if there's already a successor lined up and he is a, you know, UC Davis guy, well, there, there you go. I think that they've been talking about this for a while. I think that's right. I also wonder, and I don't want to like speculate or anything. How much does does watching his son like really become a head coach this year, Cody Hawkins, in his first year at Idaho State this year? How much does that like just change your mindset on the profession, on the passage of time, and like like you said, Dan Hawkins is the kind of guy who would think about that kind of stuff. Oh, he would. And that was what was sort of. Uh, the reason given is that he wants to spend more time with his family. And I wonder if, like, seeing his son become a head coach, deal with the same things uh, that he's dealt with for decades, uh, if that sort of shifts your mindset at all. Well, for sure. I mean, if, if you if you want to mentor your son, but he also happens to be a head coach in the league that you coach in, it severely limits the amount you can mentor him, right? Right, and that's been the sort of the um, the relationship between the two of them for a couple of years because yeah. Cody Hawkins was his dad's offensive coordinator at UC Davis, and maybe Dan Hawkins did sort of have that in his mind as this is sort of the end point of, of my career. Cody's going to work under me for, for a couple of years. He's going to learn what he needs to learn, and then 
uh, he'll move on, and then maybe I move on too. I instantly thought of Cody Hawkins when I heard this too. I thought, I wonder what he thinks. My initial reaction was, I wonder if he's mad he left because then maybe he could have been the heir apparent at Davis. Sure. But then I also thought, he's not a Davis guy. His dad is a Davis guy, but he's not a Davis guy. He played at, at Colorado when and, his dad was at Colorado. And do you want do you want to do that? I mean, do you... Right. And that's the other part is then you just, you get all these cries. And they already had to go through that at Colorado when, yes. when Cody Hawkins was the quarterback there. You know, everybody say, oh, this is nepotism. This kid's only playing because his dad's the head coach. And there was maybe a little bit of truth to that. But either way, Cody Hawkins on his own merit is, is certainly a accomplished enough and competent enough coach to get a head coaching job. And I I agree with you. Maybe that was my second thought was maybe they they, did, they had also talked about this and that was never going to be part of the plan. Yeah, and, and maybe, you know, maybe that's still the plan for, for a couple more years, sure. right? I mean, is, is Tim Plow going to be there for three years and then maybe he's moving on too and they know that the, the job's going to be back open in a couple years? I, I don't know, but I will say, I guess, just to finish this train of thought, uh, sorry to see Dan Hawkins go, and it's a pity, as you mentioned, that that UC Davis team that he had there hasn't been more nationally relevant in the last couple of years, uh, hasn't made the playoffs in several years. Um, but that that run a few years back when they were in the playoffs was just a super, super fun team to, to cover with, with Jake Mayer. And, uh, yeah, they've, they've been fun to cover. I mean, that's one thing you can give Dan. I, I think that the two... I guess the three. There's three things that that left uh, a lasting impression for Dan Hawkins at UC Davis. One, he's certainly the most successful head coach they've had during their Division One era. He's the only guy to ever win a Big Sky Conference championship. He went to the playoffs a couple times and had him, you know, it ranked in the national polls pretty consistently over the last handful of years. Uh, two, just sort of the, the outside of the box, quirky way that he he is and the way he acts. And three, they he brought a lot of memorable players to the league. I mean, if we were making sort of a an all-time recognizable, you know, names guys from the league over the last, you know, during the Skyline Sports era, for example, the last 10 or so years, I mean, Alonzo Gilliam, Keelan Doss, Jake Mayer, those guys would all be on there. You know, I mean, Lan Larson probably burst his way onto that list this year as well. So they've had a lot of relevant talent that that was, you know, within the discussion uh, of the Big Sky Conference. News of the day, uh, in the Big Sky, Dan Hawkins, out at UC Davis, he resigns, and uh, sounds like Tim Plow will be the next guy there at UC Davis. We will confirm that when it's officially, officially uh, official. Let's dive into our Prep Extra. It's presented by Farmer State Bank. Farmer State Bank has been enriching the lives of Montanans since 1907. Let's go through quickly all of the state champions from the fall sports season. One that we hadn't mentioned really at all, Kalispell Glacier lost in the AA state championship uh, football game on the boys' side, but their girls' flag football team, they won a second consecutive flag football state championship. There's only a, a smattering of, of schools right now in um, high school football that's offering uh, girls' flag football, but Glacier's certainly the best. They've won the first two uh, flag football championships. We actually watched the championship game. It was impressive. They, I mean... These girls are balling. A couple of the quarterbacks were throwing dimes. It was fun to watch. Uh, the girls' double-A golf champion, the Billings Senior Bronx, that was a bit of, the, of an upset. Billings West was the favorites coming in. And on the boys' side, it was Kalispell Glacier. Uh, that was their first state title since 2012. So uh, a return to the top for the uh, Wolfpack and boys' golf. In Class A, 
Polson got their second title ever, their first since 1996 in boys' golf. And the girls' team, they also um, won uh, Class A girls. And uh, they've got a couple state championships to their credit uh, at this point. Missoula Hellgate, they also won their second consecutive cross-country title in girls' cross-country. So good on them. That's uh, that's a, an underrated story right now in Montana because the Bozeman girls were so dominant. An unbelievable dynasty in high school cross-country for Bozeman High. But the uh, the Hellgate girls working on their own little dynasty now, uh, winning back-to-back. Great Falls High, they won their first boys' cross-country championship since 1979. In Class A cross-country, it was the Hardin girls and the Browning boys. I talked about this after it happened, but I thought it was one of the coolest and uh, – most sort of special moments of the fall high school sports season, the scene that played out after the Harden girls and the the Browning boys had won their respective Class A championships. First of all, uh, those both those both those towns, both those high schools, are on the heart of two different, uh, very and very different uh, Indian reservations here in Montana. Browning, of course, in the heart of the Blackfeet Reservation, and Harden, of course, in the heart of the Crow Reservation. Just having athletic success, especially in a sport like cross country that is a very inclusive sport and a, you know, obviously a really healthy sport. All sports are healthy, but I mean, just getting anybody into getting outside and running is a, that's a good thing. That's a good thing for the general community health of a place. So I thought that was great and inspiration by those young people for their, the people back in their respective towns, but also the scene that played out when they were each getting awarded their team trophies, the uh, the the folks in attendance, especially some of the, the tribal uh, members from each of the Blackfeet and the Crow tribes, they got together and they sang them a celebratory song. And if you, I mean, if you go back in the history, and it's not that distant a history, the Plains Indians were certainly some of the, the great warrior people when the West was first getting settled in America. And the Blackfeet and the Crow were certainly two of the the most fearsome uh, warrior tribes that existed here in Montana and in the entire region. And the Crow and the Blackfeet are rival tribes. So for those two to come together, that's such a moment of unity and, and such a cool thing to share and just the promotion of, of positivity in those communities. So I thought that was one of my top moments when it came to the, uh, the fall sports season at the high school level. Class B, Cross-country champions was Manhattan on the girls' side, Jefferson on the boys' side. And in Class C uh, girls, it was the Robert Rockets. And in Class C boys, the Manhattan Christian Eagles. In boys' soccer, Whitefish's dynasty continues. They got their 10th state soccer championship. And uh, they had their streak of four consecutive snapped last year, but then they got back on top. So that's five out of six for the Whitefish boys in Class A soccer. The Whitefish girls got in on the action as well as the Class A champions on the girls' side. Bozeman High, they won the state championship in both football and uh, boys' soccer. So that ended a little bit of a dynasty by the Missoula Hellgate boys. They had won four straight AA titles in soccer, but Bozeman gets theirs, uh, which was their first since 2018 and their sixth overall. The AA girls... Also went to Bozeman. So a lot of championships on the Bozeman side of things. I think there was this narrative that when Gallatin High School opened up, it would steal enough population from Bozeman High School that their Bozeman High School's athletic dominance would would cease. Well, it's not it's not true. Gallatin has become very good at uh, very many sports. I mean, Gallatin won boys track last year. 
at the AA level. Uh, the football team was in the Final Four each of the last two years. They've had great soccer players. I mean, Olivia Collins was the, the Gatorade Soccer Player of the Year last year, and Claire Rutherford has been a multiple-time cross-country champion. They've had a great athletes at Gallatin. But Bozeman High still has one of the best athletic programs, best athletic departments among high schools uh, at the AA level. Volleyball, Billings West was the AA champion. They um, they had had two consecutive runner-up finishes, but they finished a perfect 31-0, and and they dropped just three sets all season, uh, including one that was in the state championship match against Bozeman. So an unbelievable year by Billings West. Congratulations to them. Harden also got themselves a state championship in uh, – Class A volleyball, so um, Harden gets two during the fall season, girls cross-country and, and uh, volleyball. In Class B, you already know, of course it was, is the Huntley Project Red Devils. I mean, this is just on repeat. This is their third consecutive and their 15th overall, all of them coming since 2002. So they won 15 out of 21 at the Class B level, Huntley Project has. <laughs> That's just absurd. Class C, uh, Manhattan Christian, they continued their awesome reign over that division, their third consecutive Class C title in volleyball. As you mentioned, Bozeman High was the uh, state champions in Class AA football. The Dillon Beavers go undefeated. They're state champions in Class A. That's their first title since 2016. Florence, they won their third consecutive Class B state championship. That's the first time ever in Class B that Florence has won, or that anybody has won three straight, and now that, that title r- r- belongs to Florence and Florence alone. Fairview, their second ever state title in Class C eight-man. Their first one came in 2019. And then Centerville, their first six-man title. They won two in eight-man, but their their, uh, first six-man title uh, as they beat Freud Medicine Lake uh, in the championship game. Freud Medicine Lake was going for their third title uh, in the last four years. There you go. It's your prep extra. Presented by Farmer State Bank. Farmer State Bank. Enriching the lives of Montanans since 1907 and fierce supporters of high school sports around the state of Montana. We'll keep on talking high school sports. We'll be joined by one of the best high school athletes in the state, Kellen Harrison, the quarterback for Bozeman High, also one of the best basketball players in the state. He'll join us next. Keep it right here. Nuan is now ESPN Radio. Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm, when it comes to criminal defense, what's an example of why someone could or should call Schulte Law? Criminal defense happens on somebody's worst day, you know, and it doesn't mean that someone's a bad person. We all make mistakes. We all make choices that maybe aren't the best choice, and that can lead to dramatic consequences in somebody's life. So we're really focusing on personal injury and criminal defense. We do a lot of different areas of the law, though. We have a strong background in real estate. Um, We handle family law for clients, ton of mediations. The ultimate reality is, is that people have bad days, and that's when you need our help. That's when you need to call Schulte Law Firm because we know the players, we know the game. We can put people in the best position to achieve the outcome they want. If you've had a bad day, visit jschultilaw.com. It's the one is now on 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. 
Every time that we play Cage the Elephant, you want to know who I think of? Bob Stitt. <laughs> Once upon a time when Montana beat North Dakota State in Bob Stitt's first game as the head football coach, he then did a um, quite comprehensive media tour. He went on a lot of different radio shows, and some would say that was a contributing factor in the Grizz losing their next two games in that uh, 2015 season. That's here nor there, though. He said on Jim Rome that his favorite band was Cage the Elephant, and I've just never forgotten that. I just thought it was so funny. I mean, it's not that Cage the Elephant's a bad favorite band. It just was sort of random and out of nowhere when Bob Stitt said that. Nuwana is now ESPN Radio, SWX by Tad Television, and the ESPN MT app. You heard the Sports Center there, all about the FCS playoffs, and Delaware coming to town. First time since 1993 that Delaware and Montana have played one another, and just the second time ever. Now, Andrew, I know you're working on this story about uh, that first, last, and only matchup between these two in the first round of the FCS playoffs, Division I AA playoffs back then in 1993. Did you watch any of those videos that I sent you from the, the highlights of this game? Yeah, wild, right? How much different, and I'm not saying it's better or worse, just how much different does does it, obviously, I'm not just talking about the HD quality of the highlights and stuff. The actual game of football looks different. Like, the whole way that they're doing it is just totally different than what we watch now. It's just wild watching 30 years back. Well, and it's interesting because the Grizz at that time were like on the cutting edge of what would become That's right. the the prevailing trends in the game today and even still it looks crazy different the the, the uh, you know I don't want to be that guy that's like oh yeah no everything now is better than everything it was then I actually fundamentally disagree with that I think that like your fortitude as an athlete your drive your competitive nature if you have those characteristics those are translatable across the board you play like the the people in your generation play because it's just a time and place thing. But if you took athletes from yesteryear and put them in now, I think that they could translate well if they have the intangible elements. The things you notice on this was the game is just significantly slower in pace, operation, and, and a lot in a lot of ways the players on the field. Um, obviously, the jerseys and stuff are so funny because everybody it was so in vogue to everybody wear a neck roll and you got the baggy jerseys and it just looked way less sleek Way less, you know, it, it, it's way more like suburban rather than Maserati, right? Now everybody's like a sports car. It used to be everybody was like, you know, the the Ford pickup truck or whatever. So that part's striking. The thing that I noticed, though, that was absolutely on par, if not better, and part of this is because one of the guys that's throwing the ball is the greatest quarterback and maybe greatest athlete in Big Sky Conference history. That's Dave Dickinson. But the quarterback playing those was actually superb. And, like, there's some throws on those highlights where you're like, oh, that's why Dave Dickinson was the the three-time Big Sky Conference player of the year. I mean, that part translated well. There's nobody like that making throws right now in the Big Sky or pretty much anywhere in the FCS. Some of the throws, but what really stood out to me about the quarterback's culture was just, like, the way that they handled the ball, right? And a ton of yes. play action and rollouts, ton yes. of option pitches and stuff. And both of those guys in the highlights, so clean with that stuff in a way that I kind of don't think you see from a lot of players these these days. Yeah. It's, it's, it is fascinating because the ground and pound, you know, we're tough. We're Montana. We were going to just pound you to the ground. Like, the, that has been the identity of Grizz football for 25 years. 
And so much of that has been colored by the fact that Bobby Houck has been the head coach for half of that. That wasn't the identity of Montana when they were at the absolute height of their powers, though. The Don Reed into Mick Dennehy Grizz were the run and shoot. I mean, they, they were literally running like the wide open spread play action screens to the outside receivers. I mean, they hardly even had running backs. They were throwing, they're going four wide on every down and throwing it all over the yard. And I guess it just it just seems like such a departure from how it is now. And I understand like now. You play that style because that's what the state of Montana is going to provide you in terms of recruits. And you play that style because that's just kind of on brand with your university and your fan base and and all that stuff. But Montana actually had its best successes, even with the frigid weather in Montana and all that. It's by throwing the ball all around the yard. And, you know, it just happened to be that a a kid from Great Falls was the the guy at the helm during the, the first rise of Grizz football. So stay tuned for that. Uh, a retrospective on the 93 game between Delaware and Montana. Delaware came in here and won 49-48 in a wild shootout. That was the uh, the first playoff game of Dave Dickinson's career. The first of what became many because they went to the semis the next year and went to the and went all the way and won the national championship in 1995 when Dickinson was uh, a senior. So certainly um, the Delaware loss was sort of the beginning of what was a launch to. To upward trajectory. It's Nuwaz Dow, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Where Treasure Say Stars continues, presented by Parkside Credit Union. Parkside Credit Union, a great place in western Montana to get a loan because Parkside Credit Union loves to say yes. So we're joined now by a young man who was actually our vertical raise class AA player of the week last week. Coming out of the state championship game, Bozeman High School senior quarterback Kellen Harrison joining us. Kellen, thanks for being with us, man. How you doing? Um, good. How are you? Very good. I know it's a busy time. We're actually squeezing this in before we go live here on Nuanas now because Kellen has to to dive right into basketball practice. Bozeman High School wins the state championship uh, just a couple weeks ago, and then boom, you're right into it. And I mean, you guys, you, you probably have your first game coming up here in the next couple days, huh? Yeah, we got our game next uh, next Friday against Butte. Well, it's crazy. No no rest for the weary, I guess. Right? What's that like as an athlete transitioning from what was a great high for you, obviously, winning the state championship game, and then all of a sudden, two days later, you're back at basketball practice. I um, mean, I mean, it's pretty easy. We have one of our our basketball head basketball coaches uh, is a football coach, so we kind of we kind of ease back into practice. So it's not too hard right off the bat. Well, that's awesome. Well, let's uh, let's go back to a couple Fridays ago. Then, uh, what a great game it was! I watched the whole thing on the on the stream, and and Bozeman High School completes a undefeated season, thirty five twenty seven. They win over Kalispell Glacier in the Double A State Championship game. First of all, just just your general thoughts, your general feelings. I mean, I know this is a goal you guys had. Coach West, he's been on several times this year talking about how driven and focused this group was. So, how are you guys able to do it? How are you able to put it together after losing in the state championship last year? I think we all really committed as a team that we, we wanted, this is the goal we set ourselves before our season. And we all worked really hard this summer and this spring to get back to the point where we came up short last year and we wanted to get past the hump. Well, for you in the offseason, what was it like? Because I know you played a lot of RC sports before, and we've talked about you on the show mostly from a basketball perspective before mm-hmm. this football season. I know last year you kind of waiting your turn because Jake Casagrande was such a good quarterback. So what was your offseason like, and what was it like kind of preparing yourself mentally to take over as the starting quarterback? I mean, yeah, obviously Jake was a great quarterback, and he, he helped me a lot when he could last year. And um, it was just uh, knowing, kind of getting the, doing the offense better and then, getting with the receivers and creating that connection that we had, that Jake and those receivers had. So 
it was just kind of building relationships and kind of building trust between uh, the receivers and I. Well, well take me through uh, the the fourth quarter there in the state championship game. You had that awesome third and third long. It must have been like third and twenty five or something. And you you complete a sweet one, but not only for a first down, for a touchdown to Quade Ash. And that was the the ultimate. I mean, the determining margin of victory. So just take me through that play and what was it like going through with one of your your senior buddies? Um, I mean, it means a lot. I mean, I just kind of they kind of dropped eight, and I had quite a bit of time, and I kind of rolled out and. Thought Quaid open and just threw it up there, and I've been best buds since with Quaid since we were like five years old. So it means a lot doing it with Quaid. Well, yeah, that's uh, that's awesome, and, and and then to to have it have ha, to complete that goal and and you know get retribution after losing in the state championship last year, and and then celebrating on your home field and you're undefeated. I mean, what was that moment like for you and your teammates? It must have been an awesome scene. I mean, it was really special and it was pretty surreal. Like you. You don't really realize it until like a couple of days after and like kind of really appreciate that you won the state championship. And I, it was really surreal and special for all of us because we really, we did the right things in the off season. We put the work in and we got rewarded for it. Well, it's uh, so awesome for you and your teammates. Kellen Harrison joining us here on Nuwana is now part of our Treasure State Stars, highlighting some of the best of the best from around the state of Montana. You're listening to Nuwana is now on ESPN Radio as well as SWX Montana Television and the ESPN MT app, of course, Bozeman High undefeated and the uh, AA champions uh, for Class AA football this last season. What, what do you think made this team special? Obviously, you had the motivating factor coming out of last year. Eh? You mentioned everybody committing. What, what else? I mean, obviously, you have some great athletes there at Bozeman High. Uh, you know, Rocky Lencioni is going to the Cats, and uh, you know, Hunter Weems, Hudson Weems, excuse me, going to the Cats as well. I mean, a lot of guys with a lot of talent. But I mean, what do you think kind of pulled you guys together? What was the motivating factor? I mean, I think we obviously all wanted to win. I think our, we had a very close group of seniors, and I think that's kind of what held it together. No one had too big of an ego, even after the commitments and all that. Everybody came in, and they did their job. They didn't try to be superstars, and obviously they were. Just doing their jobs, they're obviously superstars, but everybody was a team good player, and they all committed to being a Bozeman High football player, and that's what it was all about. It wasn't about them, it was about us. Well, it seems like that's a tenet of the program as well, and I, th- I think that's had... Uh, a big factor in why Bozeman's had so much success. I mean, this is the fifth state championship there at Bozeman since 2010, which is more than anybody else at the AA level. So I mean, what about this program? What about the way that Coach Weshi operates this thing has, has helped you guys be so consistently good over the years? I mean, yeah, it's it's such a great program, and we have great coaches top to bottom. Like, Coach Mobley's a very good defense coordinator. Coach Bull is a very good offense coordinator. I think we have good coaches that are very committed that come in on Sunday, every Sunday, and watch like six hours of film and they make sure we're prepared for the game and they do all they can to make sure we're prepared and make sure we can do the best we can. What will be your, your defining memories of the season? I mean, what, what will we remember most about this, this state championship run? I think just me with my brothers and I think that the locker room talks and just kind of doing it with them because it wouldn't be the same if I didn't have the same group of teammates. Well, that's awesome. That's what high school sports are all about. And I'm so glad you got that experience. And now you get to make another run at it uh, with basketball season just around the corner as well. So give us the scout, man. I mean, how, how are the Hawks looking? You guys are always competitive on the hardwood as well. How's, how's it been going so far these first couple weeks of practice? I think everybody's just kind of getting their legs under them. They have a lot of football players on the team, a lot of our. So it's just kind of first week kind of getting back into basketball shape because it's a little bit different than football. And I think we have, we have a good shot of winning the state this year, too, for basketball. Well, it should be really fun uh, to watch. You mentioned you have a game. Who do you guys open up with? Butte. Ooh, so a little like rivalry, huh? How's how's Butte yeah. gonna be? They're probably pretty good. I know they got a pretty good senior class coming back from football as well. Yeah, they're gonna be really good. 
Well, that's uh, that's awesome. Kellen Harrison here on Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Our Treasure State Stars, presented by Parkside Credit Union. Kellen, I know you got to run, and they got hoops coming uh, just in a couple minutes here. But thanks so much for joining us, man. And uh, we'll be in touch throughout basketball as well. But thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thank you. There you go. Four throwing touchdowns, one rushing touchdown, including the go-ahead touchdown in Bozeman High's 35-27 win over Kalispell Glacier. Kellen Harrison, our uh, most recent Vertical Rays Class AA Player of the Week and also the highlight of our Treasure State Stars this week here on Nuanas Now. We'll talk our way around the uh, wide world of college hoops in the state of Montana right after this. Also got a little, a couple thoughts on volleyball as well. This was so undercovered, and, and we're, we're part of that, so we'll talk more about Montana State making it to the Big Sky Conference Championship match and how excruciating the loss was for the Bobcats. That's next. Keep it right here. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. At Jewelry Design Center, they can make anything you desire. We have branded jewelry that you'll see across the world and the country. And you have full access to our full manufacturing shop. You can look in the case. You don't have to start out designing something. You can see anything that we have in the case that customize it for your personal experience. Jewelry Design Center now open in Missoula at 2501 Brook Street across from the Montana Club. Jewelry Design Center, your jeweler for life. Two point nine ESPN Radio Missoula. Now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. I'm Coulter Duanis. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. First of all, uh, Buff City Soap has uh, helped me and uh, my family out quite a bit lately. We've been uh, having a various uh, number of celebrations. I like to keep some of my stuff personal so you can connect the dots. But uh, either way, they gave us a whole bunch of awesome soaps and uh, can't say thanks enough. Really fun to have at our various uh, parties and showers and things like that. So uh, appreciate Buff City Soap for their generosity there and for their personal touch on all that stuff. They're also having uh, a $5 flash sale today and today only. Mystery boxes, wax melts, soap bars, bath bombs, shower fizzies, and foaming hand soaps, only 5 bucks while supplies last. Details, buffcitysoap.com. They have these a lot, actually. So uh, just check out buffcitysoap.com when you get a chance. Certainly, um, they'll have all sorts of good deals for you pretty much all the time. They always have good little bundles you can put together. It's a great place to buy gifts. So go check out Buff City Soap over there uh, in the Northgate Shopping Plaza right off of Reserve Street here uh, in Missoula. The Lady Grizz scored 108 points last night. It was really hard to like analyze what it all really means or meant. Because like on one hand, they I mean they obviously played incredibly well offensively. 108 points is the most points they've ever scored as a program. And you could say, okay, it's against Dickinson State, who's an NAIA team. Well, they've played NAIA teams a lot. I mean, that's non-D1 games are just a part of life for mid-major men's and women's basketball teams. Mid to low-major conference men's and women's basketball teams have to play a couple non-D1s. They just have to. That's the only way you can get an adequate amount of, of home games. So to say, well, 
It's only 108 points against a, a non-D1. They've played non-D1s all throughout their basketball history, which is getting close to you know almost 50 years' worth of games. So, okay, a record is a record no matter who you played against. But they did break a record of 105, and the 105 was uh, scored twice by Lady Grizz teams. Those were against Big Sky Conference opponents. 2006 against Idaho State and uh, in 1990 against Weber State. So, I don't know, maybe there's two different records, overall points and points in a D1 game. Maybe you delineate it like that a little bit. I don't know. Um, But then also, watching this game, there was parts where the Lady Grizz looked awesome. They they looked so fluid, and they are absolutely talented. That's undeniable. We've talked about that already throughout the scope of this season. But they, they have a lot of depth. They have a lot of talent. Maggie Espen-Miller-McGraw, uh, who we're going to hear from in just a minute, she's the real deal. And you can see why she was a four-star recruit. She's a really smooth player. She's got a lot of savvy and poise. She's a really good passer. She sees it really well. You can tell the game moves slowly for her, which is such a, a huge sign of a high basketball IQ. And, and she's just one of several key additions. But then they also had so many things that happened last night that left something to be desired. Uh, Adria Lincoln, who I know, Andrew, you really like. You think she has a lot of, of upside after seeing her early on this year. Uh, she she was productive last night, but she also was a little bit up and down. Alex Perogue, who's a, a young post there for the Lady Grizz, she had double-double, 17 points, 12 rebounds off the bench, so that's progress, certainly. Macy Heward, who's like their stud incoming freshman this year, she had, uh, she had an awful night, and she was just one of 14 from the floor. And so that... That lowered the shooting percentages. I mean, the Lady Grizz would have shot in the 60s if it wasn't for that 1 of 14 from Heward. But that's also part of the growing pains of just being a freshman. So it it was just interesting because what Andrew and I sort of identified as what we thought the offensive strengths of this Lady Grizz team are going to be, they showed that again last night, and they obviously showed it at a very high level against an overmatched opponent. Yet they also left quite a bit to be desired. And I think that that actually is a huge sign of positivity for the Lady Grizz because if they are looking good now and they still have a long ways to go to coalesce into what they could be, I think that's uh, I think that's a good sign. I think it's a good sign for Montana women's basketball. Here's Maggie Espen-Miller-McGraw, transfer from Iowa State, making her inaugural appearance here on Nuanas. Now, this is just about a minute of the, of the postgame from last night after Montana's 108-57 to win over Dickinson State. Just tell us about the start. I mean, you guys were lighting it up right away. Uh, what did you think of just the offensive execution? Yeah, I think um, we've kind of just finally been able to put those pieces together, um, and it's something we've really focused on in practice. And um, I think we knew this game we'd have a lot of different opportunities to drive and kick and kind of just read all the things that we've been working so hard on, and it was fun to a lot of those connect today. It seemed like seemed like that's a strength of this team, right? Is, is finding the open shooter? Yeah, yeah. I think it, it's really cool how deep our team is. I don't think I've ever been on a team that's been this deep. So we have a lot of options, and it's cool seeing um, different people step up each night. When it comes to just the confidence element of it, I mean, just seeing the ball go through the basket. You guys got a lot of open shots against yeah. Gonzaga and Washington mm-hmm. State. Is it different, though, when you see it go through? How much does that help your confidence? Yeah, I think it's... I think everyone would say it's a big confidence booster when you see it go in finally during the games. Um, And I think having a game like that, it kind of just boosts you for the next games coming up. Maggie Espenmiller-McGraw. Are we we nicknaming her now? Are we going to call her M.E.M.? 
we were talking I about am. we were gonna, we were talking about this. There's there's been a couple really good basketball players throughout our time covered, especially Big Sky Hoops, that have these names that are just so long that when you're trying to tweet them, you get a little more leeway now. You know, if you get a little bit extra characters or whatever, but trying to fit it all in, like Isaiah. Maria Hujo. Maria Hujo. Leafa. Leafa. I mean, Sac State, this guy's name was like 30 letters long. So by the time you get done with that, you only get, you know, a couple more things to say. Hits a three. That's all you can fit in the, in the whole tweet. So Maggie Esper Miller McGraw, great player. But uh, we might have to just start abbreviating it just because uh, it's a lot of letters there. Uh, yeah, I'm already starting to do that. I'm going to type her full name one time this season so that you guys know who I'm talking about. <laughs> then I'm going to say I'm going to call her M.E.M. in every tweet from now on. <laughs> there you go. Did you watch any of this, Lady Grizz, last night? I did not. Yeah, it, I mean... It, I mean, it yeah, tells it, us exactly yeah. what we already know about this team. I know yeah. from watching yeah. them against Gonzaga and Washington State that they are built to put up a ton of points against teams that are not very good. I did not have any question about whether they're going to yeah, be able right. to do that. And they're going to be able to do it in Big Sky play, too. Against the bottom teams in the Big Sky, they're going to put up 80, 90, yeah, 100 yeah. points in some games. Knew they had the capability of doing that. I guess it's good to see it bear out against an NAIA team. Uh, other than that, does that tell you anything about what they're going to do in, in the first week of March? I don't think it does. Their schedule's been so weird. They've only played basically one game a week. Brian Holsinger said that last night. He said, hey, I don't care who we played. I don't care if we're supposed to beat Dickinson State by 50. We needed to play someone else. And I think that's my main takeaway from this is you can run all your sets and do all your things well or whatever when you're doing it against Washington State and you're only scoring in the 40s and you're just uphill sledding. Maybe not as revitalizing for the mind. You do it against anybody that's not yourself and now you got a little confidence boost. So I'd say look out for the Lady Grizzlies next couple games. If they play really well on the heels of scoring 108, it won't surprise me at all. Nuanas now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Here's a couple other things from the world of uh, college hoops coming up. The Grizz men are at Nevada on Wednesday. They took it on the chin against Houston on uh, Friday, the day after Thanksgiving. Really, really just tough game to watch because Houston is so suffocating defensively. So the Grizz did not play well offensively. They also were playing the number five team in the country. So that's a you know a mismatch to be sure. If Houston's playing in the Elite Eight or the Final Four this year, don't be surprised because they have a ton of talent. But a little bit more of a like opponent Wednesday when they play in Reno for the Men Grizz. And then they play at home Saturday uh, at 1 p.m. against San Jose State. So if you want a little double dip Grizz style, uh, you can go watch San Jose State matinee for the Grizz men's hoops and then uh, then the Delaware football game for the FCS playoffs. The MSU men, they play Rocky Mountain College on Thursday. Rocky Mountain College, one uh, familiar face on that roster is Jesse Owens. He was a great high school football player at Billings West. Then he was the Montana Offensive Scout Team Player of the Year for the Grizz football team. Bobby Houck's first season back, but then he decided he didn't want to do that anymore returned to his hometown to play basketball. So he's been at Rocky Mountain College the last couple of years, and now here he is as a veteran guy there, and he was the Frontier Conference Player of the Week this last week. Had a great week. So um, it'll just be interesting and fun to see Jesse Owens, who was recruited by both Montana and Montana State to play football, playing against the Cats in basketball on Thursday. The Bobcat women, uh, 
basketball, they play at Portland Saturday, at Washington a week from today, and then at St. Mary's next Friday. So certainly a really challenging schedule coming up for uh, Trisha Binford's squad. And then the last one I wanted to mention as we kind of uh, go around the wide world of sports and play a little catch-up here, the MSU women's volleyball team, they almost won the Big Sky Conference Championship, but they did not. They were up 12-8 to in the fifth set. Then they got to 13-13, and they gave up the last two points. They lose 15-13 in the fifth and final set to Weber State. The way that it ended with uh, a couple errors and then a block at the net that fell down, uh, it was just like this ultimate deflation if you're watching this thing uh, on the Montana State side of things. Weber has has been battle-tested in that tournament. They were only the four seed coming in. The Cats were only the three seed, so the top two seeds did get knocked out. But uh, Weber has been to the NCAA tournament before. The Cats had never done it before. If you know anything about the history of Montana State volleyball, they were pretty good in the late 90s, and then they were just unbelievably, incomprehensibly bad for a really long time. When I was first at the Bozeman Chronicle in the early 2010s, they were... They were uncoverable. The only reason we covered them was just the platitudes and, and sort of hyperbole behind how many conference games in a row they had lost and how how big of a struggle it had been for them. So uh, to get back to the point where you're playing in the Big Sky Championship, to be two points away from your first ever Big Sky Tournament title and first ever NCAA Tournament berth, uh, great progress, especially under uh, first-year head coach Matt Hoax. So uh, good job by them. Also, congratulations to Weber State, another Big Sky Conference championship box checked off. I wanted to have a discussion on why this isn't more popular, but uh, we don't really have time for that because I saw Justin Engel uh, just walked in. So save that. Maybe we'll talk about that a little later on. Because what I, I I don't ever really think to tune into college volleyball. It's certainly the sport we cover the least at Skyline Sports. But while I was watching this, I was like, why don't I watch this more often? This is sweet. Like, this is a great sport. Super high uh, tempo and great athleticism. And uh, so maybe we'll discuss that a little bit later on here in the week. Hour one of the books. Hour two coming at you. Justin Engel, the business angle. What is an endowment? How is it made? How rich exactly is Jimbo Fisher? <laughs> and how about all the million-dollar offers for Washington State quarterback Cam Ward? A microcosm of what's going on around college sports in the NIL era. All of it on the business angle. Next, keep it right here. Go on is now ESPN Radio. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 